we're back at the shoe and great to have uh, Andy McElmay uh, from Air Cricket Club to join us this evening. Andy, thanks very much. Listen, when I do all of this stuff, what I'm trying to look at doing is reading Twitter and the social medias just to try and get a pick from uh, the person I'm going to interview. And I came across this Twitter feed and you're being interviewed. And I thought the best thing about it was that you had like a Sky Television Premier League and you had all your sponsors behind you. Uh, who came up with that idea? Because that is just gold. Well, we've we've managed to get a new recruit on our uh, cricket committee this year, um, a man called Steve Baker. So he's one of the dads of a junior who's who's come on board and he's very into his social media and he's very into his advertising and raising awareness for our, our, our great sponsors. So he came up with that idea. Um, he likes his IT and whatever else. So yeah, he's, he's brought that in. It's good. We like absolutely. it. So. That's absolutely fantastic. I really, I just thought nobody else has done that. I'm, a, I'm all about pushing the boundaries. And are you going to use that? How are you going to use that throughout the season? So the plan will be maybe midweek if there's big games coming up or there's a player playing particularly well, maybe do a wee interview before or after training to try and build a bit of hype before the games for the weekend. And then obviously there'll be post-match interviews at some point with sort of what we'll we'll get someone maybe to come up with a player of the day, maybe one of the umpires, and then they'll be interviewed after the match to give give their thoughts and feelings. Um, and that's all for our kind of socials for next year. That's brilliant. Get all the people that follow us from New Zealand and Australia and all over the world. Fantastic. I feel like I could be Jeff Stelling then. But potentially, yeah. That role's definitely up for grabs. I'm only interested in getting my free tea, not my press pass that I put on on Twitter. Um, and because you've obviously got lots of followers, you mentioned Australia and New Zealand because you've got, you know, when anybody mentions their cricket club, they always refer to the stellar pros that you've had over the years. I mean, absolutely wonderful. Uh, and we're now, I think, in a in a period of Scottish cricket where coming out of COVID, maybe money's a bit tight. But certainly last season was a no pro season. And there's quite a few clubs that have still gone down that route. I know West haven't got a pro. Addingston haven't got a pro. Um, Clydesdale obviously got Barrow. You guys have gone for your South African AM. Um, so I think only Kelburn of the top 10 this year have gone for, as Breeb said last night, for your standard pro and am. What was the what was the feeling down there about going with a pro or not going with a pro? Um, that's a really good question, actually. I think, you know, historically, like you said, we've had some great pros through the years. I don't need to name them. Everybody knows who they are. And I think we got to the point where it was more about their availability, maybe, in terms of who we could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, Sikanda Raza in 2014, who was an outstanding pro for us, but he could only play for part seasons, so he couldn't give us the full 18. Um, and I think that came into play. Um, I believe that the professionals in New Zealand used to get paid over six months. That then changed to 12 months, and clubs then wanted them there for the winters. Yeah. So the pool just became narrower and narrower for us. Um, and then the prices didn't come down, so the prices kept going up. Um, so, yeah, I think we were really happy when we made a move to maybe go a bit more local and take away some of the other costs like accommodation and um, 
we used to get vehicles for the professionals and stuff like that, flights mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So we went local at that point with um, with the players we've got now, and we're really happy with the outcome of that. Um, so yeah, that that's what kind of I can't really remember a, a situation where we decided not to go with an overseas pro. It was quite yeah. a kind of progression for us. So I want to wind back the clock a couple of years, and we had that debacle with your pro. Was he a pro? Wasn't he a pro? Was he a coach? Wasn't he a coach? Is that now water under the bridge and you've moved on? Or is there still does it still rankle a bit with the, the, the gods who uh, run the game? Maybe that's why we stopped getting them, actually. I kind of almost... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Kenroy Peters was the last of us. He's pro, you're right. Um, Kenroy had a, a good first season with us and then we were down in Division 1 and I think we were four from four and he was going great guns. And then, yeah, like you said, he was a pro, wasn't a pro. I liked to play, not liked to play. And how did that get unearthed? I don't, I don't know. I mean, apparently there was, it was made, the WDCU were made aware by clubs having interest in, as available, like, whether or not he was actually allowed to play. Um, and at one point, it looked like we might actually lose those points from the first four games as well. Uh-huh, so I remember that. It was shambolic, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we've moved on from it. It's, it's not ideal for anybody, but um, it was tough. He was actually, at that point, the best paid scorer in Scotland um, for the rest of that season. <laughs> so on the basis that you sign Mike English and, and you've got uh, Hamza official coming, are, are we going to see um, quite a few Fergus Lee players making their way down the road uh, and in maybe five years' time you'll be a sort of Fergus Lee outfit? You've certainly got, you've got the right colours. I see what you're trying to do here, but um, no, it's, <laughs> just by chance it's worked out with, obviously Michael had been down south playing for a season. Yeah. Um, my brother Scott and I ha- had a strong relationship with Michael anyway, socially away from cricket. Um, and it just at the time we started talking about things and we had a quick catch up and it, it kind of worked out for both parties at that time. Um, you know, Air have a great relationship with Ferguson and I would, I would hate to think that Fergusly look at us now in any sort of negative way. Um, I can't think. No, I'm just pulling your leg. Two top players who are homegrown from Fergusly, and that's always going to be a, a bit of a, a an area that they're not going to be happy with. However, they're both brilliant guys, and Fergusly should be so proud of the players that they brought through there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just a conveyor belt. I mean, Sam Scott just keeps producing them. I looked at their team there for their friendly. I think I can't remember who they're playing uh, on Saturday and, and Sunday. Um, and it, it's just a conveyor belt of young kids that it, it's just wonderful that he bloods, they're able to blood the young kids with you know, kids that have already gone through the system who have earned their spurs. And it's just great. It really is just great. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And obviously Sam Scott is just an absolute legend, you know, and, the, the, the time and the effort and the energy and the resilience he's put into that club over the years is just incredible. If every club had a Sam Scott, the, the standard of Scottish cricket in the West would be higher. Absolutely. You know? And it, not only sorry, not only picking up players and bringing them to the club, but making them first team ready at a young age, that's that's the next challenge. And somehow yeah. famously have this recipe where they can get them from hardball cricket at 14s through 16s and then that transition into first-team cricket so strong. Well, you and I have played at Fergusley, and it's a hard school to go down there and play. 
So that, and that's only when we are playing against them twice a year. Can you imagine being in that environment all season long? I mean, you would grow up pretty quickly, I would guess. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of brilliant characters down there, and their love and passion for cricket is second to none. They're they're all in. You know, it's it's win or or win or win. You know, <laughs> good place to go. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place to go. And if you're good enough to to actually get a win down there, I mean, that is one of the hardest places to go and actually turn them over. And that's why, I guess, I think Clydesdale went there for the last game of the season. Um, and, and to chase down, you know, eight, nine and over in the last 10 overs, an astonishing result for, for them. Yeah, a very, very tight finish to that game as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So Clydesdale... Are they your favourites? I mean, some people are tipping you to uh, to make a tilt for the for the championship this season. Well, if I'll answer your first question, Clydesdale are definitely my favourites. Yeah, if you look historically, you know they're always up there. You know, from twenty fourteen, no other teams won it more than once, and you know they've they've won it in 2015, 2016 and then twenty twenty one. So they're they're my favourites all day long, and. They have a knack of being able to attract some good players. Most of the time, it's from Pollock, um, but other times there are there are other teams that um, end up losing their players. But they also have got a wonderful amount of kids that, again, a bit of a conveyor belt. Uh, huge, huge numbers there that are turning up on a on a weekly basis to go for their juniors. Let's talk about your junior setup there. Um, I guess kids from Air and Prestwick, you do pretty well, do you? As far as the the junior setup is concerned, what are the numbers like at the moment? So I think there's no doubt about it. COVID ha- has had an impact in our, in our juniors over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, not being able to have everybody down for we have a traditional Friday night cricket in Air where everybody comes down between the ages of five to fourteen, and they all get a bit of cricket, and the parents can use the bar and the outdoor bar and. There's a bit of a kind of party atmosphere for that two hours. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we weren't able to do that through COVID. So the numbers at the moment are not where we want them to be, but we kick up, we've, we're we going back to that tomorrow night, actually, to restart that. Um, however, at the same time, we've managed to keep a core of boys from ages 12 to 16 all the way through COVID. Yeah. Um, sort of academy sessions that Michael's been running. Um, and we've now got some really strong youngsters who are, probably just below the sort of first team, maybe a couple of seasons away from coming in and making a real impact. Brilliant. So let's talk about players. Let's talk about dipping your toe into the transfer market. You've got uh, Grobler, Flack and Miller have joined you. We'll, we'll get to Mike Miller in a, in a bit. Um, yeah. Grobler, I, I'm guessing he has to be called Bruce. Yeah, there's been a lot of chat about that. I don't think he can. What, what other name can he be given? Yeah, he's no idea either, though. Has he not got a clue who Bruce Grobler <laughs> no, is? Good <laughs> stuff. Um, um, any good? What's he like? So, yeah, we got him through, through an agency. We were really looking for a sort of wicketkeeper because that's an area we, we haven't had a wicketkeeper for a couple of years now. So I thought you had Mike Miller. Yeah, well, Mikey, Mikey made that, that decision to come and join us just after that. So we now have really? that department, which, again, you always need. Uh-huh. Um but we, we got on to Dwayne through, through the agent. And with these agents, you get emailed with, you know, a PDF of so many boys and you have to kind of wade through it and uh-huh. pick out. 
you know, and it, it absolutely comes down to chance who who you actually end up with. Um, you do a bit. Of Did they share. send you videos? Yeah, yeah. He sent he sent me across a few videos. What he was never able to do was send me a link of the league he was playing in or anything. Oh, that. That, does that does that not cast some? Does that not cast some suspicion on, yeah, uh, no, on, on so. that? So I was I was beginning to people were asking me about it and I was like, to be honest with you, I've no idea what we're going to get here. Um, however, he, he arrived last Wednesday. He's an absolute gentleman. Um, he's fitted in within the first week unbelievably well. He's just got stuck in with everything that boys are doing around the club. He's a brilliant golfer. He's been playing golf already. He's played the two friendlies. Listen, listen, cut to the chase. Can he bloody play or not? <laughs> yeah, no. So I was getting to that point. He looks, he looks a good player. Yeah, and when I say a good player, I don't want to, I don't want to put a lot of hype around him. Right. I think as an overseas amateur that we've brought over, he looks as good as I've seen. So we are really excited about just what he could actually deliver on field for us. And as far as a South African and Australian, you know, somebody who's been brought up on hard wickets, if you're going to go anywhere, you know, air's not a bad place to spend the summer if you're a batter. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and um, I think that's that'll probably hopefully reflect in some of his scores this year, that when the wickets do dry out a bit and there's a bit of pace here, that he'll kind of come into his own. Moving on to Flacky, there was talk that he he didn't play a full season. I know he's got the job with the cars and that takes some of his Saturdays away. Did you know him outside cricket? How did that? I mean, clearly there would have been a few uh, suitors for both Fisher, Keogh and also Flacky, given the fact that, that Greenock have gone down. So how did that all pan out? Um, Michael kind of had a chat with me about what about Flacky and I was like, well, I mean, to have him in the club would be amazing. So we kind of just set up a wee, we, we met up and we said, what do you think about coming across the air? You know, Flacky's still got aspirations to play in sort of regional series and whatever. And we're obviously going to hopefully have a squad where we can compete every week. So mm-hmm. do you want to come and be a part of it? You know, we're, we're trying to create a sort of as close to a sort of professional environment as we can within the squad. So training's professional, things we're doing off the field. So Kind of, do you want to come and come across and see what you can do? And I think at first he was a bit like, oh, I didn't think the end would do would really come after me or, or really want me, you know. And you know, we we talked about how his qualities and how good he could be for us. And then we gave him a few weeks to just have a think, and he came back to us. And he said, "It sounds really exciting. I want to be a part of it." So we were obviously delighted. Um, That's one of the lovely things about Flacky is that he is so assuming unassuming rather, that he doesn't, I, I don't think, he doesn't maybe understand his true value to a team. I mean, not only have you got your left twirlers, you can give him 10 overs and, you know, he's going to go for under three, probably pick you up a couple of wickets. And he's batting though, he's, he's batting, I don't know where you're going to bat him, but, you know, he's always there or thereabouts with regards to the bat. So you've got a great, he's got a, Great package, and it seems bizarre that he doesn't feel that anybody would go, would come after him. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you're right, his left arm spin is, is great, and but it's batting for me when I've seen him bat a couple of times on again, it's been down at air on a true wicket uh-huh. in areas that other guys can't, and there's nothing that seems to be there's it's not many limitations there when he gets going, so. 
hopefully we can get him confident, we can get him firing, and he can play, you know, stress free, knowing that he's got a, he's batting within a, a kind of strong lineup, so he can free up a bit. So you mentioned confidence there, and there's there's one player there who doesn't need any confidence, and that's Mike Miller, um, but he needs some runs. You know, he came up to West and uh, big fanfare, and he'll himself admit to those who are prepared to listen that he probably didn't perform to his best for his two years up up here. Um, you know, he will say that he was, you know, was he given an opportunity? He was up and down the order. You know, everybody is given an opportunity. It's whether or not you take that opportunity. Um, and I think we were certainly, certainly, I was sad to see him go, not only from his cricket ability, but also the fact that he's been great at the club with regards to the kids. Um, and he's just an upstanding, sound bloke. And, and it was a real shame when I heard that he was he was going to leave. Um, but no surprise that he decided to go back to you. Um, he, he did, as as always with Mikey, he, you talk about Flacky and, and Mike, and, and there's Flacky, who's so unassuming, and there's Mike Miller, who in my conversation with him, said he had dozens of suitors, <laughs> which I thought was just typical Mike Miller. Um, I know that I'll have a laugh and a beer with him um, when I come down and see him there. But listen, great great signing for you there. I mean, he'll, he'll chip in yeah. with the bat, no doubt. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Mikey played with us for a, a couple of years before, and yeah. I think uh, the season he decided to go up to West, it was the season we had just went down, so he'd also been a part of a team that had got relegated. So I really wanted him to hang about and kind of be a part of us going back up. So uh-huh. I know there was issues with where he was working and location-wise, but I was quite disappointed when he did move on because, you know, we, we we gave him a lot of opportunities and whatever else. But the main thing now is that he's, he's back at air, he's older, he's wiser, he's more experienced. Oh, wait a second. Older, yes. Uh, wiser. Yeah, yeah. He's this, made this, all this, this, so, this is this is the same Mike Miller we're talking about, is it? Yeah, you know, he's, there's all, he likes a bit of hype, so you've got to, you've got to give him some. But yeah, he tells me this season he's going to be averaging in the high thirties. So, I, you know, it was a no-brainer for us. Wait, wait a second, just let me write that down. High thirties, right? Okay, that's fine. Um, so, three good signings. How have your team, who obviously if you take three guys on, you're going to have to find a space. So what that's competition is a great thing. But what you tend to find in Scottish cricket is that there's maybe a pool of 11 or 12. And if you're in that 11 or 12, you think that you've got some God-given right to be playing on a Saturday. So how difficult is that going to be with now potentially a squad of 15, 16 players to pick from? Well, I think it kind of goes back to what you are a wee bit talking about with Mikey there, that every player gets opportunities. So if you're in form and you're, you're scoring runs, you're in the team. If you're bowling and taking wickets, you're in the team. So for me as a captain, if I've, I'm having collection headaches, it's only a positive thing. Yep. Um, with that, in terms of three guys coming into the team, there was also three, two or three guys in the team that were kind of hanging on there to help out, um, and they McCrossin. were crossing. What's that? Crossing. I saw. Yeah. I, I, I when I was doing my research, I saw Jesus. He's he's played a couple of games. Still a good player though. Niall McCrossing is an absolute legend of the club. Um, 
since I since I was a junior and I was been in the first team and the second team, turns out every Saturday and plays for the club. Yeah, you know, pretty selfless man to be honest. And, and like you say, he's a top player. So yeah, and I was delighted to know that he wouldn't be called upon <laughs> Saturdays. It's not to say he won't play the odd game, but he's quite happy that there's guys in there to fill his shoes. We we played a twos game and he, and he rocked up with a team of air and I think you turned up with seven or something like that, uh, and he scored 70 um, and just looked a million dollars. He just, one of these guys, I reckon, that if he didn't play the game for 10 years and you asked him to rock up, he would still look as good, having had no, having done nothing for, for 10 years as far as cricket is concerned. Just seemed to have a God-given talent, um, but never seemed to, I mean, I don't know, it just didn't seem to, go forward with, you know, I think you probably look back now and think, you know, what could have been maybe with district honours and and maybe a, a guy who didn't score the amount of runs he he had the ability to be able to. Yeah, I think he's, in terms of the transfer of runs to his ability at first team cricket, he's probably underachieved slightly mm-hmm. for, for his own standards, but he's... He's had a good career and he's he's really enjoys just being around the guys, still playing cricket. He still turns up to cricket every Tuesday and Thursday for training. He's involved in all the social stuff. So he's had it, he's still got a lot out of the game for him, which mm-hmm. is really important as well, because at the end of the day it's amateur sport. So yeah, yeah, I think he's had a good career and he'll always look back on it and I'm sure he's got some only good memories. Well, he's probably one of these guys who, if you ask him, he's probably won everything because he, he's probably been part of that Scottish Cup side that beat us. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he must have been in a Western Union Championship that, that won, and he, and you, he will have won a Round Cup or a West League Cup or a McCulloch Cup or something like that. So, you know, he's got silverware to certainly back up that talent for sure. One thing that concerns me with you guys is this, is that where are you going to find three guys who are going to score 300 runs? Because you've got Mike, who I think is going to score between 500, 600, 700, however many he's going to score, he's going to score them. That's going to be a problem. You fell at Jefferson, three, four, five last season, of which 150 came in two knocks. So if you take them out, then, you know, it's a nibble over 250. And then you've got yourself, 191, a Mr. Scott 177 and then Bandari 142. So my concern is that in order to be competitive, you probably need to have two stellar guys who have stellar years and then two, possibly three, knocking on the door for 300. So where are you going to get 300 runs from three guys from? That's a million-dollar question. That's that's the one. I think you're right about Michael. Michael... Michael just scores runs for fun. He just turns up every Saturday and thinks everybody's there to watch him bat and he just buys into that. You know, he's yep. super confident. Such a good striker of the cricket ball. Um, I think you're talking about Lloyd there. Lloyd is, uh, Lloyd is capable of going up and scoring 350, 400 runs. Yep. The big challenge for Lloyd is next year he hasn't played in the Premier League before. So the first sort of handful of games for him are really important. If he can get a couple of 50s away, I think he'll just grow in confidence. He hits the ball straight harder than we, anybody else we've got along the ground. And how old is he? I, I don't know him, I have to say. Good question. I think he's 22, 23. Right, so a youngster. Okay. 
Um, and then you've obviously got Flacky coming in there, who's available every Saturday. So he's going to play oh, eighteen So I think if he plays eighteen Saturdays, Saturdays he'll be maybe four fifty five hundred runs. Yeah, I can see where this is all all going then. And then Grobler, hopefully, he can hit yeah. the ground running. Um, yeah, I mean, Dwayne at the moment looks in the nets like he's going to get big runs. Um, it's all, always difficult making a transition from overseas. So you uh-huh. know, if he can chip in three or four fifties across the season. I mean, Scotty will do our usual. We'll get in and get out, and Scotty will blast it one day, and I'll hang around a bit longer one day, and that's that's our sort of contributions. But you know, you've got you've got young Pushkar Bandari down the batting order as well. Yep. You've got Hamza coming into bat. Of course, yes. But you've got Logan as well, who's who's no mug with the bat. You've got Mikey Miller, who's got a lot of experience. So there is runs in the team. Yeah, uh, but your question is a very, very valid one, particularly by Ayers' records. They tend to have one, one heavy run getter, and then a lot of guys who kind of don't quite chip in as many as they should. Yeah, yeah. Well, time will tell. You, you mentioned Hamza. Let's let's have a chat about the bowling. Um, so, you, you, your bowling seems to be sort of spread out between, you know, your your man leg. Mike English got 56 overs, then Bandari 80 overs, and then Scott 94 overs, 37, 37 wickets. Um, that's he, he's he's gonna have to perform. There's no yeah. doubt about that. 37 wickets in second, second 11, it's not second 11, second division cricket. Yeah, are you talking about Nari Bandari here? Sorry, so I've got a guy down here. Scott, 37 wickets. Yeah, yeah, Scotty. Yeah. So that, that'll be Scott. Now Scott Scott will come good next year again. He's as fit as he's been. He, he wants it more than he has for a number of years now. So good. Got no issues with Scotty and the new ball and bowling through the middle. He's he, he's always our, our biggest performer with the ball. He came he, last year in, in that division, albeit the opposition went quite up to the same level as pretty much the batters, but the ball was the ball was fairly getting through, and he was, he was taking wickets for fun. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident Scotty will go back up next year and cause a lot of guys problems. Because thirty-seven wickets is you know no matter what standard you're taking those wickets at, it's like scoring runs. It's a confidence thing. That once you believe that you can take wickets, and thirty-seven is a hell of a bag to take in a season. That uh, yeah. It'll be interesting just to see how how he performs, and then you got Flacky, who's Flacky and Hamza. They're going to bowl twenty overs every yeah. every game, aren't they? Yeah, well, if they're, if, I mean Hamza will miss a few games, obviously went to national duty, so yeah, you know when he's not there, Flacky will bowl his over, uh, bowl, bowl his overs as he will anyway, and then there's guys that will pick up Hamza's overs. Um, the I mentioned earlier, the young boy uh, Nari Bandari as well. He he opened the bowling last year. Um, I'm not entirely sure how many wickets Nari got last year in the league, but again, he, he's got stronger over the winter. He's yep. got a season under his belt. He's a good bowler. So we've got two good opening bowlers there. We've got lots of spin and we've got Pushkar. We've got Mikey to bowl a bit of seam if we need it, mix it up a bit. So we've got depth in the bowling department. So cards on the table, where are you going to finish? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think... I mean, it'd be nice to say that we're going to finish, I don't know, 
one, but we're not probably going to finish one, I don't think. I think at the moment, if we can stay around the top four for as long as we can and upset and niggle away and annoy a few people, you know, into August, that's kind of probably the aim for this season. Okay. Um, Spoke to Prebs last night and he's of the opinion that there will be a lot of teams that can take points off a lot of teams. Uh, And he reckons maybe five or six teams that on their day could potentially upset anybody. Uh, And he thinks it's going to be a pretty tight league. So what I said to him was that if that's the case, then it therefore means that there's going to maybe be less likelihood of a Greenock or a Pollock getting cast aside very early on. So I think that it's going to be a great season. Um, I do think that Clydesdale and probably Fergus Lee again are going to be the the favourites. Prestwick just don't know what's going to happen there. I think you guys will be up there. uh, And then you've got Adi who seemed to have brought in a number of a number of guys uh, I think they'll be relatively strong and then you've got Sterling West and then you've got Langside um, so uh, who do you think's for the drop? Oh that's nobody wishes wishes relegation on anyone I'm not sure to be honest it totally depends um, nah, I, I wouldn't like to say who I think is going to go down I think it's too early to tell I mean if you don't win any of your first four games everyone's in for the drop so it's yes. all that yeah so Breebs was saying pretty colours to the mast and, and he reckoned I think Dumfries and, and Langside but again you know Dumfries was everybody's bet for going down with three games to go and then suddenly they did this Houdini act uh, and won two out of three and managed to to drop Pollock. Uh, never, so, never side off, you know, you know, on their day, you know, the, the experience these guys have got, you just never know. Uh-huh. And that, that'll be a home game for you then. Everybody else has to travel down there, but you guys, well, that's just down the five road. Minutes, yeah, five minutes for us. <laughs> Good. Listen, I'm not going to keep you any, uh, any longer. Uh, Tell me one name who you're hoping to come through and make a name for themselves this year. In terms of in terms of a young player, or just in terms of, of, of our whole eleven? Yeah, you just you choose who who do you want to make strides, whether that's an oldie, a youngie, or, or somebody. Uh, for me, um, I would love to see Flacky really commit to a full season uh-huh. um, and just get back to where he was at his best because I think that would be good for everybody to see and watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to seeing how you get on in the first couple of games. What everybody looks to see what their first three or four games are. So what what are your three or four games to start with? Uh, we're at Dumfries away, and then we play Fergus and Odinson after that. Okay. Um, so that's, that's what I'm saying. The first three games for us are actually quite big because you're, you're playing away at Dumfries and then you've got two big games coming up with two of the top teams. So, so uh-huh. if you're three out of three, you're pretty happy. If you're one out of three, you're thinking, where are we finishing? So Good, 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 good. Well, listen, I hope we have you on again um, on a number of occasions. What we generally try and do is get 
the winning skippers on and and go through on a Monday or a Tuesday or whenever it's possible, whenever we can get everybody uh, everybody on board. So yeah, best of luck and uh, yeah, hope hope to see you over the season and uh, make sure you get some runs, eh? Yeah, I will do. I will do it. And uh, thanks very much for having me on. And I think your podcast is great for just raising awareness of the league and just keeps people people talking about the west side of the country and, and the great cricket that we provide. You're such a kind man. I didn't even have to tell you to say that, nor am I paying you anything. That's all good. <laughs> all righty, listen, you take care and we'll catch up with you. Right, thank you very much. All Cheers. right. Cheers, Cheers mate.